Hi, welcome to Moves That Matter. I am your host, Dr. Clyde Posley, and I am delighted to have you with us this evening, uh, this Tuesday, 7.30, as we always meet in the same way. God bless you. Thank you so much for your presence today. I appreciate the viewership, the followership. Now, as you know, the currency of exchange for watching our show is that you would hit share. And I will try to give you information that is vital to your soul, vital to your body, as well as your spirit. So please find someone in your mind that you know would benefit from the Moves That Matter show. Hit share, expand it so that we can, as a culture and a community and ultimately society, expand our understanding and thinking about the things that matter most so we can make the best moves for the kingdom. Listen, I want to remind you just before I get into our powerful show this week about my book, More Than Icons and Images, Uncovering the Hidden Protest Narrative of the Black American Athlete in the 21st Century. You can get that book at Amazon.com. You can get it on my website at, at DrPosley.com. Uh, you can you can get it at Barnes and Nobles, wherever uh, popular books are being sold. Thank you so much uh, for how you have promoted the book and caused the book to do so well over this last year. Coming up, we have a show that is for uh, the Indianapolis community at large, and in particular, the African-American culture. Uh, we're going to grapple with a subject uh, that has the potency to keep us suppressed so that we can't carry our spirits around the way we need to. But what we're going to do is address it and fix it. And I have a star-studded panel of guests with me today. You do not want to miss what's going on here. You're going to want to record this and share it with so many people. It's going to bless you because your families, your children, your loved ones, but particularly you are going to be blessed if you take heed to the information in the way that my guests explain it to you. You don't want to miss this. I'll be right back. Hi, I'm back, and as I told you before, I am excited about this broadcast. I am focused today, uh, me and my guests, shall I say, are focused on why we as African Americans uh, don't go to the doctor more frequently, why we don't take steps to maintain our health and get involved in preventative maintenance relative to our health. What are the uh, stigmas that are attached to some of those uh, behaviors? And just flat out, what can we do about it? So I have a, a star-studded uh, guest of doctors with me today, researchers, physicians, and uh, for the express purpose of addressing this from a, not only a, a theological perspective, uh, but a uh, research perspective and a professional perspective. These are ladies, three ladies here with us who are renowned in their own right at addressing these issues, uh, not just for our culture, but certainly inclusive uh, relative to our, our culture. And so I want to have them introduce themselves uh, to you, and then we're going to uh, grapple with this subject. Now, I want to say something just before they all get started. Listen, this is one of these subjects I need you to really pay attention to. Uh, it's, often we just blow by these sort of uh, subjects because I'm not preaching, or I don't have some guest that you may be immediately familiar with. There is not a more important show than this show. Because if we can't help you stay alive in your body, you can't you can't enjoy the moves that matter show like you want to or carry out your kingdom work. So please don't sleep on this show. Tune in and pay attention to what we have to say. Dr. Kimball Hill. 
Sure. My name is Ann Kimball Hill. Um, I'm originally from Chicago, and I have a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering from the University of Michigan. I have a master's degree in engineering from the University of Illinois at Chicago and a Ph.D. from Purdue University in chemistry. I'm currently an assistant research professor in the mm -hmm. School of Medicine here at Indiana University. Um, I also coordinate our postback program. Um, and I do a few things um, outside of IU School of Medicine. Also, I'm the chair of the Committee on Minority Affairs for the American Chemical Society nationally. Mm -hmm. um, so one of my areas of expertise and what I really research at IU School of Medicine is about breast cancer. Mm -hmm. um, I'm starting to do, look a lot more at the health disparities angles and why black women have worse rates of death, um, the incidence rates, why we have different factors of, of onset of right. breast cancer, um, and some of those other um, cofactors like diabetes and how that plays into how we um, have reoccurrence of breast cancer. That's so right. those are my areas of expertise. That is, that is fantastic. Dr. Benson. Yes, hi, I'm Heather Benson. Um, I am an obstetrician and gynecologist uh, here in town. I did my uh, undergraduate degree at Michigan State University, then I did my master's at IU School of Medicine, um, followed my, my uh, med degree um, at IU again, School of Medicine, and my PhD in biochemistry at IU School of Medicine. So I've been around for a while, um, really enjoy uh, being in this area, being in the community, and I'm really focused on trying to um, improve patient advocacy. I feel like, you know, I see a lot of patients um, that just aren't aware at really how to advocate for themselves and advocate for their health. And so that's something that I'm very passionate about and trying to decrease the um, maternal morbidity and mortality uh, for our population. That's fantastic. And Dr. Hardy. Thank you. I'm Tabitha Hardy. I'm the Assistant Dean for Student Development and Academic Affairs with a graduate office at IUPUI. And so previously, I did my undergraduate work at Alcorn State University in Mississippi, and from there, I started a master's degree at Jackson State University in Mississippi. And that's where I was really first introduced to research. And regarding research, it was so amazing to me that there was so much work being done, but so little work being done by African Americans, by minority scientists. Uh, and so it was really an interest to me to go into and to think about health disparities, to think about obesity, to think about nutrition, and where we as a people fall into that. Uh, and so as I journeyed to Indiana to start my graduate degree at IE School of Medicine, uh, that was so, certainly something that was in my mind. Um, and so from there, I started to study DNA repair. Um, also, I studied a little bit of breast cancer, um, nutrition, obesity, and uh, just thinking about health behaviors and uh, why we do the things we do and why we don't do what we necessarily know is right for us. Uh, and so so that's been a primary focus of mine research-wise. Uh, and also, uh, I'm very focused on educating our people regarding, uh, regardless of what your educational pursuit is or what your dream is. Um, if you're interested in a degree, then let me know. That is fantastic. That is, that is fantastic. Thank you, ladies, for, for, for those introductions. You know, uh, one of the things I'd like to you know, begin by saying is that uh, on the Moves That Matter show, I, I grapple with um, the the uh, with synchronizing theology, uh, politics, and, uh, and 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 often sports uh, where, where those uh, 
intersect. But there's really no way to do that, in my view, without focusing on the health of the black culture. And I do it unapologetically. It, it doesn't exclude our concerns about our Caucasian counterparts. But at the same time, you know, my mother taught me as a child that charity starts at home or love starts at home and spreads abroad. Mm-hmm. And so I want to I pay some particular attention, and which is why I invited you out here, uh, to uh, this issue relative to African Americans, uh, African American men, African American women. The Bible says that, um, um, that our bodies are temples. And in uh, Third John, verse 2, uh, Paul, uh, excuse me, the uh, Apostle John is writing a letter to a man named Gaius, and he tells him, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. That's right. And so what, what that tells us, and we're all believers here, and, and, and so what we, we know that that tells us that there needs to be a relationship between your spirituality and your physicality, and that they're both healthy. And so I, that's why we talk, that's what we're talking about today. Sadly, though, many in our culture, not all, but many in our culture uh, don't see this relationship, this marriage as vital to their long term success. Why is that? Why? Why do uh, the people in, in the African-American culture that we know of resist these important truths? Dr. Kimball. So I think we have to really talk about the historical mistrust that the black community has had with the medical community. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there has been historical incidents where uh, we have been participating in research to help develop how medicine is practiced. But based off the the, uh, system of the time, it wasn't necessarily done in humane or ethical ways. Mm -hmm. And we keep that around in our back pocket, and we keep talking about it and, you know, um, you represent like Henrietta Lacks. And, yeah. And so this, uh, when you talk about Henrietta yeah, Lacks, the right. Tuskegee studies, sure, um, sure. there's been studies in the Native American communities. Right. Um, we've distanced ourselves to protect ourselves. And because we haven't seen those good outcomes in the past, or even things like when we talk about um, more currently what mm-hmm. happened with Serena Williams, where she didn't feel like she was being listened to mm-hmm. by her doctors when she was saying there was a problem. Right. Um, especially since she had a medical history of that problem. So it should have been the first thing on their mind that, you know, she has problems with embolisms. Uh, We should pay attention to this. Um, And I think Dr. Benz is going to talk a little bit more about the problems with obstetrics and postpartum issues. Mm -hmm. Um, It makes us a little leery. Right. Um, And then I think the other thing is, is that in addition to those historical things, oftentimes when we're talking to a medical professional, our community isn't as educated in those areas, and so sometimes it feels like we're being talked down to. Right. And we don't always understand what's being said. But right. I'm hoping that today we can kind of break down some of those barriers. And unfortunately, you know, uh, I know uh, none of you are here to say it, but but it is a truth. Racism plays a role yes. in, 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 in how we're often treated. I was just reading an article, and I, I think the young lady was in Michigan, I'm not sure, uh, just January the 11th, mm-hmm. you know, yes. Dr. Hardy, you know what I'm referencing. Yes. She went to an ER, mm-hmm. and her family alleges that uh, doctors there saw her and did, just chose not, not to just treat her, mm-hmm. and she died right. right there in the ER as a result of, of, mm-hmm. of just not being treated. Mm-hmm. And so there are those concerns. Uh, so racism does play a role, but we cannot allow it to control the narrative because we are the ones who are the on the downside of, of that problem. Mm-hmm. Dr. Benson, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I agree um, with my colleague here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times we see, uh, I see patients um, in the hospital and I have to sit and talk with them. You know, they're very happy to see a person that looks like them helping mm-hmm. to take care of them. And you can instantly see the calmness or mm-hmm. the peace that kind of comes over them. Um, and so I try to talk to them and educate them that, you know, it doesn't matter who is taking care of you. Mm-hmm. You have to advocate for your own health. That's right. Ask questions. If something doesn't seem right, it might not be. Speak up. You know, you don't have to sit there and take less than care. I'll put right. it that way. Or be spoken to or as be, though you couldn't possibly understand. What yeah, yeah. Said. And I think on the flip side, you know, as as a physician, um, I think a lot of my colleagues, my my um, non-African-American colleagues, are starting to try to close that gap, mm-hmm. trying to uh, fix the idea of racism does exist. Right. Um, not that it's going to go away, and but it's something that... in every facet of life, this is something we need to accept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I know that, you know, uh, in some of the areas that I'm in, um, a lot of our colleagues are starting to do... Um, like workshops and things of that nature to try to be aware of their like innate biases to try to decrease those biases and help them to do a better job at um, really caring for their patients and not letting their own personal feelings or opinions kind of block that or get in the way of that. You know, I, I was thinking just as I, as I prepared to come to you, Miss Hardy, about um, already that what I'm hearing from Dr. Benson as well as Dr. Kimball Hill is a motivating factor that should that should want to lead young African Americans into uh, healthcare, in, mm-hmm. in into the practice of medicine. Just just what Miss Benson was saying, uh, because you 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 create a connection that is often missing uh, from 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 a physician here, mm-hmm. from from uh, missing in the lives of patients or the minds of patients that could that could motivate them to do more about their health that they felt more comfortable seeing someone who looked like them in in uh in in the in the room. Absolutely. What are your thoughts about that? I think it's, you know, it's just one of those uh, timeless things that if you see someone that's there that genuinely looks like they care about you, that they're Mm -hmm. concerned about you, you're definitely going to be more open to that person. How many of us have been to the doctor and have really said, I don't think this person's listening to me. Like, I'm telling them what's going on with me and what's what's happening in my body. I have switched doctors. I've had that happen as well. Absolutely. He's not hearing me. Not paying attention. He's not hearing me. He's not paying attention. That's right. And and, and often uh, physicians have their own, you know, their own, all of them, their own personal lives, own personal issues that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Turns out I had a physician that was kind of going through a depression about something, Mm. which was understandable. But they didn't change the fact that he was he was at his job, right. and exactly. I, I needed to, exactly. that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. right. So to those folks, I say like take the opportunity to explore and to seek out healthcare someplace else. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom is eighty three years old, and she has been with the same doctor for the last I don't know how many years. And I keep saying, Mom, we should get a second opinion. Let's go talk to somebody else, uh, so that we can really understand what's happening right. here. So right. take the time to do that. And the Bible talks about much counsel, many mm-hmm. many counsels. That's, mm-hmm. that's okay, uh, Doctor Benson. I want to I want to lead. Uh, I want to ask this question and I'll start with you. Uh, so, what are some of the health issues and diseases that Black women uh, should be paying 
more attention to. It's not that they're not, but mm -hmm. we're here to kind of up the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so what are some of those issues? Yeah, so um, I think, you know, one of the number one things is your cardiovascular health. I mean, you, you um, need to watch your diet. You need to make sure you're exercising. These are very big, big things that can make a very large difference in your overall health. Um, you know, checking your sugars. If you're a diabetic, you need to make sure that you're checking your sugars the way that you have been told to do. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're unsure about things, ask questions. That's another very big thing. Um, I think those are the, the mm -hmm. two main things from, from a standpoint of uh, my OBGYN. <laughs> that's my wheelhouse. Yeah, generally um, speaking, right. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I think, you know, making sure you're coming in for your pap smear screens, um, coming in yearly for your, just your annual GYN visits, those are very important things. If you're pregnant, making sure you go to your OB visits because those are the things that can allow your physician to kind of help to screen for other issues or other concerns, like if you have high blood pressure or if you have diabetes mm -hmm. in pregnancy. Um, being that this maternal morbidity and mortality rate for African-American women is so high right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are, are a plethora of different committees that are trying to figure out what is going on. Why is the maternal health so poor in the mm -hmm. United States of all places. It's worse than everywhere else in the world right now. Um, it's and amazing. So, yeah, yeah. And so I think, you know, it kind of boils down to we can't put all of the onus on the physician to try to help us. We have to help ourselves mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, really take ownership so that when you go to your physician, you can be like, hey, these are my questions. These are my concerns. Let's get at it. These are the medications I'm on. Let's go. Let's figure out what's going on. You know, that's 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 really profound. I, I, I want to uh, let me say this in a proper way. You know, as, as you know, Doctor Kimball Hill, I uh, am the president of of, of Red, mm -hmm. uh, reading an end to disparity uh, in African American culture relative to breast cancer. But you know, it's often as horrible and and gruesome as breast cancer uh, in its full state can be, I think sometimes there's the neglect among some women, from, just from my experience of working with them, certainly not a woman, but just my experience of working with them, uh, in that the, the, the neglect manifests itself like this. There are other areas that they don't pay attention to, like diet. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of springboarding off of what Dr. Mm -hmm. Benson said. Mm -hmm. Like diet and exercise and stress, we, we mm -hmm. now know that some research is, is, is suggesting mm -hmm. that um, stress plays a role in, in some of the, in the African-American culture mm -hmm. relative to, to, to breast cancer mm -hmm. treatment and, and detection, mm -hmm. early detection. And so um, I'm, I'm going to go to you, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Hardy. But I'd like you to speak about, you know, how important it is to bring to, to pay attention to your holistic health, your, your diet. Um, I'm going to end up coming back to you about this, Doctor <laughs> Doctor Kimball Hill. Sure, but yeah. but there's some, sometimes I think you know some people find, and, and I want to be kind of, and, you, you, and your doctors help me. They they find a lump, they detect a lump, and mm -hmm. that's when they start being concerned about their health. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and what if they had worked on their diet and checked their A1C and actually got into a regiment of uh, drinking more water, mm -hmm. clean water, mm -hmm. and, 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 and eating properly and not, not uh, filling themselves with foods that are full of antibiotics, you know, various mm -hmm. types of things. Mm -hmm. what, what factors, what could they prevent if they did that? 
So uh, there's lots of research out there and basically saying that uh, there's a better way to do your everyday uh, the diet wise, a better way to do your everyday. Like uh, so, diet wise, incorporate more cruciferous vegetables. Just eat more green leafy vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not talking about the greens where you put the fat back in there and have like right. big See, that needs to be said. <laughs> We're not it's, trying to get you to eat greens, but you it's can't true. Just eat them healthy. Eat them healthy, yeah. right? Okay. Um, and, and eat the greens, but yeah, leave the fat back out. Um, and and uh, drinking water, exercising daily, uh, getting the appropriate amount of sleep. Um, and I think as females especially, like we are the caretakers. So we do tend to take care of everybody else, everyone else in our village. Um, and then we kind of neglect ourselves. Um, and we think of self-care as going to get a manicure or a pedicure, but self-care mm. can also be me taking the time to uh, eat this salad, okay, or me taking the time to get this 30 minutes of exercise in every day so that I can be my very best. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think I've struggled with, uh, but I think, I think a lot of people struggle with just taking that time on a daily basis to be their best selves. Dr. Kimball Hill, what are African Americans afraid of that's stopping us from doing what we know we should uh, relative to our health? What do you think some of our largest fears are? Well, you have the fear of the unknown, but I think when you've seen, oftentimes in our community, we don't talk about when we first get diseases in our diagnoses. Mm-hmm. We just see the end result, oh my gosh, they died of cancer, mm-hmm. right? We didn't talk about the longevity, what the, the treatments that you can do to eradicate certain types of uh, diseases, um, how staying on top of um, your diabetes would prevent you from losing a leg, right? <laughs> but we only talk about the end result of the disease. We need to talk more about what we can do and the f- to prevent getting the de- disease, but also being healthy in a disease. <laughs> How do we make sure that we're having a whole mindset? Right. You know, because it's not just about being healthy; it's about being whole. Um, so I'm gonna come those, back to that those are the, the things that we really need to think about and talk more about, and not just. Oh, you know, at the funeral, you know, oh, you know, sister so-and-so, she had breast cancer. Look at her in the casket. She looks kind of rough. Um, she looks like she had on a wig because she probably lost her hair because of uh, chemotherapy mm-hmm. and radiation. We, we need to talk about how you can, you know, have a whole life. Right. And, this, and not have this just the end result of being in the casket. That is, that, thank you so much. Ladies, have you, have you considered this, what? Please consider this notion that often in our, in our culture, we don't love ourselves enough to to do this, to do these things. We don't see ourselves as valuable in a long term way. Mm-hmm. Too, too often, we don't see ourselves as valuable to the presence of our family and, and our presence in the family mm-hmm. and the longevity. You know, it, uh, um, I was talking to one of my daughters the other day, and she really blessed me, and she told me how glad she was that I was alive and healthy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after we had our little crying moment, you know, I, I thought about, you know, that's that's something that we need to consider. Mm-hmm. How important is my longevity to my family? Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, we have, as a culture, I don't think we have embraced loving ourselves enough to stick around, to, mm-hmm. to, to pre- create a scenario we can stick right. around. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Dr. Mm-hmm. Benson, what do you think about that? Uh, I'm so glad you just asked me that because I was thinking, <laughs> like, oh, my goodness, that is so true. Um 
And I think that goes back historically. I mean, you think all the way back to slavery and how, you know, the whole design was to break up the family unit. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we are still suffering from that clearly today where mm-hmm. we, we don't have the same, um, I guess, value for the family unit. Mm-hmm. When you compare, if you look at other cultures and you say like, oh, well, this culture over here, you know, they're taking care of their mother, their father, mm-hmm. their grandparents, their cousins, sisters, aunts, uncles, everyone. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that same, um, I guess, internal drive. But it makes sense. It's because right. of our history. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that we need to try to get back to and, you know, supporting each other, loving on one another. Mm-hmm. Just like you're saying, mm-hmm. it's something that if we can be aware of that, mm-hmm. then we can start to make the change by affecting other people that we're interacting with, with our families, then our children will do it, our children's children, and we can kind of make change that way. You know, I, I have some, some members at my church. Um, I'm, I'm not so much shouting them out, but they, they fit right here. Uh, one of them is uh, Nadia Miller. Another one is Shaquan Eli. And another one is a, is a, a member named, uh, she's part of our women's ministry named Lisa Simmons. Each of them speak to people about love in the African-American community, expressing itself in how we eat. Mm. You know, Dr. Benson, as you were speaking, um, I was, for, for example, uh, Lisa Simmons, my, uh, her husband is one of the men at our church, Eric Simmons. And uh, uh, he, was, he, he was showing me a meal of chili that she made without meat. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, "Man, it's, it's, it you know tastes like meat. Mm-hmm. It was in, it was it was really good." Mm-hmm. And she's really on a she she teaches spin class. Mm-hmm. She's really on a, a a a path to change how she eats for the purpose of keeping herself around. They have mm-hmm. one son, mm-hmm. and um, and Nadia Miller, as we talked about, she, she she talks about you know she works with breast cancer where she's over pink forever. But uh, Shaquan Eli, he, he eats. He's always talking about. Eating and and love uh, love cooking, mm-hmm. how that and so mm-hmm. one of the things we can do, I think, if you, and I want you to speak to this, uh, 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 Doctor Hill, is is even watch how we cook dinner mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. Christmas, mm-hmm. so we can have another. Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner right. together because sometimes I think we think you know and our mothers it's hard to say something to those mothers it's hard to say something yeah. to big mom about well big mom I want butter. to be here next year I want you to be next year so I don't want to keep hiding this butter because I know you love me mm-hmm. maybe we can speak a little bit about how big mama why you know big mama changing her love her love language mm-hmm. what do you think well uh, these ladies know I love to cook I love to cook, too. So (laughs) I usually do cook Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners now. Um, I see it on social media. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not spilling the pie, right? (laughs) Sweet potato pies, you know. Anyway, um, but one of the things I've made a a conscientious effort to do this year Mm -hmm. uh, when I cook Christmas dinner, because my dad is a diabetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, as we get older, it's a little bit harder to control our diabetes sometimes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the diabetes also leads to the onset of other diseases, such as cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, keeping that in mind, uh, especially since I know my dad's had some issues with controlling his blood sugars lately, mm-hmm. I went and made sure that everything I cooked for Christmas dinner is aligned with maintaining a healthy blood sugar level. And that's an act of love. Yes. And and when I do cook, that's one of the things I'm thinking about how I'm loving on my family. Mm -hmm. So it is my love language. Mm -hmm. Uh, My husband will tell you, when I'm really 
that's when he gets that good dinner. <laughs> but um, <laughs> particularly for Christmas this year, you know, I cooked things that they knew. Nothing that was, like, strange. I didn't just go and pull out some strange, exotic thing that they've never seen before. I did cabbage. Mm -hmm. You know, I did I did the greens. I did green beans. But it's how I prepared it, right? right? But there are mm -hmm. certain vegetables Preparation, food that prep. are much right. better for sustaining a healthy blood sugar. Right. So, you know, having your Brussels sprouts. Now, I sautéed them and, you know, made them all nice and everything. <laughs> but they were things he didn't even, he loved it. He ate it. And half an hour later, his blood sugar was still in that normal range without taking his insulin mm -hmm. because of the way the foods that I had put on the table. Right. Um, and, and so if we're conscientious about what things actually help sustain our, our lifestyle, our right. sugars, our, our fats. Some changing our habits. Changing the habits. <laughs> Maybe like, family, family legacy. Changing right. the habits of our legacy. Right. 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 And, it, and it can be, like Dr. Hardy said, things that we right. like to eat already, but mm -hmm. it's presenting it in a way of... And it, Honestly, when you have a little love in there, it does help That's right. how it tastes, too. That's right. um, so it's just being conscientious right. of that. I mean, right. if your doctor is giving you the list of vegetables or saying these are really good for your condition, look at interesting ways to prepare those, those, those things. Right. Maybe it means we're doing a pumpkin and butter squash soup this time. That's right. Um, no, I'm, 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 I'm going to go so. with what you said there. <laughs> Dr. Hardy, what do you think about what she's, Dr. Hill is saying? Yeah, I think this is really awesome to really consider um, the way you do things and how you're prepping things. Um, and I want to go back to something that Dr. Benson said, too, because if you think about us um, historically mm -hmm. uh, coming from our ancestral roots, we were hunters and gatherers. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and so that's what we did. And genetically, that's how we were made up to hunt right. it together. Um, and so being brought into this Western society, um, as slaves, we were given whatever was left, that's right? right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how we got to to the point where we started using right. leftovers and whatever right. was. The, and we the don't have to do want. that anymore. We don't have to do that anymore. That's right. We can grow up and stop using that um, and and incorporate things that um, that are better for us. That's right. uh, and we can really, honestly, there are, there is data out there and research out there that says that we can do that and actually change mm -hmm. some of our our genes and the way that they, they react. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. kind of amazing to think about mm -hmm. just making these changes to your diet, just making those changes and exercising more, stop smoking, mm -hmm. stop drinking all the time. Uh, it can be helpful yeah. to, right. you know, maintaining your life. That's right. True. Ladies, I have two more questions, but you're going to have to come back for me to ask them. Can, okay, you, can okay. you do that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Listen, yeah. this has been a fantastic show. Thank you all for coming and thank you all for watching. I really appreciate the viewership. I appreciate, I can see you all chiming in at the bottom of the screen. This show was specifically for you. It was specifically to help you love you better every day. Listen, I'm going to close the show by saying this and have these ladies back next week. Listen, in life, you're always making moves. Why don't you choose to make your moves moves that matter? I'm your host, Dr. Clyde Posley Jr. I'm going to see you right here next week at 7.30 on Tuesday for another fantastic broadcast where we jump right back into this issue of how we can be better for ourselves. You don't want to miss it. God bless you. I'm going to see you next week. Bye-bye.